I still remember her like it was yesterday, which is odd, because I saw her this afternoon. She had yellow hair and wore what looked like a curtain that was wrapped around her entire body, but it had holes for her arms and legs and head to stick out. I was in the shopping district again. I came here once in six months to buy tape. When the tape on the windows in the basement where I stayed started peeling off and sunlight poured in. I would have moved upstairs, but a grey-haired lady with sunglasses and a long stick in her hand was there all the time. Every few weeks, she would come down to the basement door, bang her stick against the staircase railing and ask, is someone there? I would stay extremely silent because my name wasn't someone and because I didn't know what to say to a person who wore sunglasses indoors. After a while, I discovered that if I held a bottle of glue up to my nose long enough, she'd be gone for several days. I had the new roll of tape in my hand when I saw her. She had the face of an angel, an angel who went into one of those buildings that women go into and come out of two hours later with their hair, eyes and nails looking different. There was one such building across the Burger King outside which I would sit while waiting for lunch. A nice lady from inside would bring out a selection of meals in a big black plastic bag and leave it in a huge rectangular box that had the words please recycle printed on it. It was the only place that made burgers in half and one-fourth portions. Every time I ate my free lunch, I thought of my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Briggs, who told us that there was no such thing as a free lunch. I would have liked to show her this box where there was free everything. Food, coffee, milk that never tasted like milk. But my favorite were the games. There were always these puzzles which came in a hundred little scraps of paper which, when I put them together, showed words like Royal Bank of Scotland, along with lines of numbers below it and the word overdue in red letters. A rather popular puzzle was the Water and Gas Authority. The only problem I had with this setup was the force with which the Good Samaritans threw these bags of kindness into the box. All the eggs I found inside were always broken. I thought it was rather stupid of Mrs. Briggs not to know of this box because it wasn't just people who visited. On days when I got there late, I found rats, ants, cockroaches and maggots who had beaten me to all the good stuff. The early worm catches the pizza crust, another thing Mrs. Briggs never taught us. It's probably for the best that I never returned to grade 5. The angel looked like she might have been on television, but I knew she wasn't because she looked like she had what Mr. Stevenson called integrity. I didn't know the meaning of this word. I also didn't know the meaning of other words Mr. Stevenson used, like pervert and lecherous bastard, that he shouted in the direction of the bushes I hid behind, watching him leaving for work every morning. Bastard seemed to be a common word in the Stevenson family because that's what Mrs. Stevenson called Mr. Stevenson quite often while talking to a muscular brown man who came over to the house only on the days when Mr. Stevenson got into a taxi cab with a large suitcase. 
loud sounds were ringing in my ears. There were flashes of bright red in my eyes. I thought this was what it felt like to be in love. But they were coming from the store I had just come out of. I hadn't done that thing again where you hand over coins to the person at the front of the store so they let you leave with something without making a fuss. At this point, a teenage boy wearing a sweater with a hood was about to leave the store, but a giant in a black uniform in the front pointed fingers at him in his pockets and the teenager shook his head sideways very fast. The giant then put the teenager's head on the floor along with the rest of his body. I wanted to see what happened next, but my eyes were fixed on the angel. As she neared me, she put a tiny white stick the size of her fingers to her lips and the end of the stick turned red. She then performed a miracle where she blew out a puff of smoke straight from her mouth at me. Little bits from the end of her stick flew into the air and into my nostrils. They would stay there till Easter. I think it was the glue. I thought she was going to say something to me when she walked past me because she threw her white stick at my face. I thought this was the beautiful angel's way of telling me she liked me back. The stick bounced off my forehead and landed near the drain. A man with long white hair in a jacket that people in the army wear and who had stopped growing below his knees came towards it. He was on a skateboard and put both his hands on the ground to push himself forward. I thought he was rather talented. He picked up the stick and put it to his mouth. The end turned red again. He looked up at me and smiled. He had no teeth. When I was a boy, I lived in a house with other boys and girls whose parents hadn't come to receive them yet. The matron there told us that we wouldn't be getting any money because the tooth fairy had given away everything to someone and had made that person rich beyond dreams. I had finally found that someone. He was obviously that millionaire and I was going to take what was mine. Running back with his skateboard under my arm, I thought of what he might have been thinking. Perhaps something along the lines of, I pitied myself because I had no legs until I saw a man who had no skateboard and then I immediately felt better and decided to use the skateboard. As I skated away, people on the street shouted, come back here, you heartless monster, and someone called the police. And I couldn't help but feel like my childhood hero, Robin Hood. It felt great to steal from the rich. rich, rich, rich. rich.